Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here we Welcome in, everybody, episode 233 of the podcast. It is Sweeping America, the Aratora Sports Podcast. Uh, it is Friday, okay? And as you guys know, I don't generally do a third show in any given week, but of course, this is not like any other week that we have ever had since I started this show. Frankly, this is not like any other week in the history of sports. And so, with so much happening, even in just the 36 hours or so since I recorded the last episode, which by the way, I hate to brag, the Bill Walton interview was really fun. And I will say this, after a somber couple days, if you just need a laugh, Go listen to the Bill Walton interview. It was a great time. A lot of you have responded. I appreciate the kind words. But I don't really want to focus on that today. There's obviously more pressing things. And what I do want to focus on is, of course, the sweeping changes that have happened, not just across uh, college basketball, but across the sports world. As, like I said, we have never had a day quite like Thursday in my lifetime, I think in uh, virtually any of anyone's lifetime that, that is listening to this show. And so with the NCAA tournament officially canceled and with so many things across sports canceled and with really the sports world at a whole, at a standstill, uh, I did want to do an extra episode this week. And obviously, I would open by saying that um, you know all of this is in real time. I'm recording here about 11.30 Eastern time on Thursday night. Uh, as best I can tell, the news cycle has officially died down. It does doesn't feel like there will be any more late breaking news as the NCAA tournament is canceled. I should mention all the conference tournaments were canceled, but the NCAA tournament also canceled. Uh, Major League Baseball is on hiatus, the MLS, the NBA, obviously, which was the first to enact a season in which they are on that they're postponed, the NHL. So I don't suspect anything else will really happen. But you never know, and and I don't know if there's going to be governmental oversight coming or anything like that. So as I speak here uh, on Thursday night, it is still mostly the sports world that is reacting to the coronavirus. But again, with the NCAA tournament canceled, uh, I do want to talk about it. And I do want to talk about it for a lot of different reasons. And I really should start with what I said on the last episode. And obviously, if you listen to the last episode, you know that, um, you know, I I don't want to say I I was... um, 
uh, calm about the the coronavirus because this was obviously very a very serious issue. But when I last recorded the show on Wednesday afternoon, there were still many conference tournaments that were planning on having fans in games. And so obviously when I spoke on the last episode, I was reacting in real time to what was happening. And listen, I said some things that uh, probably now in hindsight look pretty stupid, but at the time I stand by them. And the one thing about this show, you guys know this, is that I always, I live in a fact-based world and I live in reality and I try to do research and I try to do homework and I try to prepare. And sometimes based on the information that you have at that time, you have, you make certain opinions and then you change the inform, you change your opinion as more information comes out. And so when I came on the episode on Wednesday or on Thursday morning, I, I recorded Wednesday about five o'clock Eastern. As I said, there were a lot of conferences that hadn't even announced that they were not letting fans in the arenas let alone canceling conference championships, let alone the NCAA tournament being canceled. When I last recorded, the latest piece of information that had come out was in fact that the NCAA tournament would not allow fans into the arena. And so what I will say is I defend everything for people because a couple people have reached out, said, do you regret what you said last episode? I really don't. I really don't because at the time that was the information that I had, at the time that was the information that was available to me, and I still think it was mostly accurate. Well, I do think that it probably behooved the NCAA, um, you know, to uh, to remove fans from the arena. Every medical professional that I consulted with, and I did consult with a few, told me that if they decided to play these games, and obviously this was before all the cancellations, that if there weren't fans in the stands, that that nobody was that that the risk was very 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 low for the players on the court. And so I stand by what I said. I also stand by what I said, and that statistically, uh, 18 to 22 year old basketball players are probably the least susceptible to getting this virus in general, or at the very least being inflicted by it, because again, it is a disease that while we're still learning about stuff, we're still learning things about it, um, if you're young, if you're healthy, if you don't have pre-existing health conditions, it is a situation that uh, you will probably be able to, even if you do contract it, you'll be okay. But I will also say, as I do sometimes, New information came out, and obviously, look, my opinion in a lot of ways has changed on this, and let's get into it, because I do think that the big story, um, the big thing that I think changed this for everybody, and I don't even think it's necessarily just the sports world, but I think society in general, the big story was, of course, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz coming down with this illness. And obviously, listen, you don't need me to tell you all the details, but this was a guy that I think maybe even in a tone that I used on this last episode, Rudy Gobert kind of mocked the coronavirus and said, oh, you know, it's no big deal. and We're going to be fine. And, you know, I, apparently I, I actually am maybe the only person in the world that still hasn't seen the video, but apparently he was going through the press room and touching people's microphones and doing all kinds of goofy things, just basically saying, hey, you know, don't even worry about it. I got this. We're going to be fine. And of course, he's the one that ends up getting inflicted with the disease. Uh, and it comes out on Wednesday night. I'll never forget. I was in a sports book with my buddy. We were watching the games. Um, and, and there's kind of this weird hubbub, and you can't really figure out what's going on. And sure enough, I go on social media, I go on Twitter, and very quickly you find out that a player in the NBA has tested positive for coronavirus and that the NBA has now elected to cancel all games effective the end of the evening. 
Now, again, what I'd go back and say is, again, if you look at the facts, I'm just going to say, and we'll get into it later, but I don't suspect that Rudy Gobert is the only player in the NBA with coronavirus. Uh, I know his teammate Donovan Mitchell, of course, was diagnosed as well. I suspect there's probably a lot more people in the NBA that may have it just based on the statistics we have about how fast it spreads. Um, and frankly, if they had played this NCAA tournament, I suspect that there are college players as well that either have the virus as we speak or maybe have even previously had it, which I will get into in a second. But none of that really matters because what I can tell you definitively is this. No matter what I think, no matter what professional doctors think, no matter what Mark Emmert thinks, no matter what anybody in on this planet thinks, the second that Rudy Gobert contracted this illness, tested positive for this illness, and the NBA elected to decide to suspend their season, postpone games for the foreseeable future, that was the light bulb moment for me. That's when I said, oh my goodness, this whole landscape has changed. This is completely different than it was uh, previously, and this is going to change everything. Uh, to quote my buddy John Rothstein, quoting whatever movie, uh, that was the here we go moment where you knew that this thing had changed forever. And so, of course, as soon as that happened, um, you know, everything starts moving fast. You know, the NHL has a press conference, and it was funny to wake up. It's not, not funny. I hope you guys know I'm not saying that. I think it's actually literally laugh out loud funny. But it was ironic to wake up on Thursday and still have conference tournament games going on because the NBA postponed uh, the regular season, and it just felt weird that college basketball was going to continue doing this thing. And so obviously one by one they start deciding to cancel games and um, you know you're watching in real time. I believe the SEC was basically the first one. Um, you know Big 12, Big 10. Apparently I'm told uh, players were literally pulled off the court in warmups for Big 10. And it was crazy how quickly this stuff evolved because I was in my hotel room in Vegas. I was obviously there for the Pac-12 tournament, hanging with Bill Walton. No big deal. Um, and I turned on ESPN just to see the latest, and Jay Billis was on the court at the ACC tournament saying, they need to cancel this tournament. And, you know, listen, I, I know that I usually go after Jay Billis, but he was probably right. But I only bring it up because literally as I was turning on ESPN, he was saying they need to cancel the ACC tournament. I go to take a quick shower, and by the time I get out, um, the ACC tournament is canceled. Uh, the Big East was the last one to play the actual conference tournament in which uh, Creighton and St. Uh, John's tipped off. They played a half. It was really weird. Uh, and then, of course, eventually they were all pulled off the court. Um, and I would say really quick, too, by the way, um, it was a little bit of a disappointing couple days for Mark Emmert. I was really disappointed in how he handled things. We'll get into it in a minute. But certainly leaving all the conferences out to dry and having them figure themselves out individually, I thought was a weak, weak, weak move by Mark Emmert, but and that brings us, of course, to what happened on Wednesday afternoon, when, as you know, um, you know the NCAA tournament was canceled. And listen, I don't think you need me to tell you all the details, but for me personally, you know, I was driving back from Vegas. I knew, um, you know, I knew that realistically this was going to happen at some point. I, like I said, once the NBA announced that they were going to cancel regular season games. It was only a matter of if not when that everybody followed suit. And I really think it was that case for two different reasons. I really think the reason that once the NBA, the, the NBA just changed the whole paradigm, okay? Because what, what happens is this. 
is that once the NBA makes the decision, okay, we're out, like we're done, we're, we're, we're putting our players at home and letting them figure it out and letting them get healthy, um, that changes everything because there's two reasons specifically. I think the first one is pretty obvious. It makes everybody else look bad if they decide to continue to play games. Um, and so when the NBA decided this, like I said, I knew it was only a matter of time because you simply cannot have um, other athletes in other sports playing their respective sport, although as I record, NASCAR still plans to run races without spectators. But for the most part, you can't run your sport because it just makes you look insensitive. If the NBA is pulling their players off the court and saying, we care about their health, we are concerned about this, we will not expose them to anything more than they need to be exposed, it makes you look bad if you're the NHL or the MLS and you're putting your players on the field. By the way, college, it's even worse because the guys aren't even paid. And so how can you say that you have the college athlete's best interest at heart if they're on the court when the pros aren't? So that was the first reason why, as soon as it happened, I knew the NCAA tournament was eventually going to get canceled. And then I think the second reason why was not as obvious, but as I talked to more people, it became obvious. And this is part of what I do. I talk to people who are smarter than me and they educate me. And that's very simply, um, the NCAA was was going to get a, a lawsuit because eventually the way this virus is spreading Somebody, as I said a minute ago, will end up testing positive for this. Um, and if the NCAA was putting these college athletes' lives on the line or putting their health on the risk, somebody, if they caught this, was going to sue the NCAA. So um, all of that led to the situation that we had Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, where, as I said, I'm driving home from Las Vegas and I see the official news. The NCAA has canceled the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, it was a gut punch. It sucked. It was awful. Um, it was, you know, it, it was one of those moments where I think, and, and I know a lot of you felt the same way because so many of you hit me up on Twitter during the day. Hey, is there any chance this tournament gets played? Can they postpone it? Can they do this? Can they do that? And I will say, I'm just going to be honest. I criticized Mark Emmert earlier because I don't think that he handled the situation well in terms of being the leader of college sports and disseminating information to his conferences. He let each individual conference cancel their tournament or put their own policy in play. And what ended up happening was, all of those conferences just followed each other's lead. So when one canceled, the other one canceled. And it's like, that needs to come from the NCAA. That needs to come from Indianapolis. Mark Emmert is paid a lot of money to be a leader of this institution, and I don't think he did a very good job. And then in terms of the NCAA tournament itself, I will also say, and I'm being a little bit selfish here, that I do wish that he handled that differently as well. And it's nothing critical, but I was hoping that there was some kind of scenario where he very simply said, you know, where, where he put out kind of a, a vague statement, almost the way the NBA and the NHL did, right? Credit Adam Silver. You guys know I've been very critical of a lot of the things that Adam Silver has done, but I do think Adam Silver has handled this really well from the NBA's perspective. Pulls his players off the court, doesn't put their health at risk, but Adam Silver has been very vague about what the future of the NBA season looks like. He's not making any promises. He's not making any commitments. We want to, He's not saying we want to be back on the court on this date or we're going to cancel the season. Like He's not taking any one extreme or the other. He's doing what a good leader should do, which is using the information that's available to him right now and making decisions based on that information. And what he is also doing is adjusting his decisions based on new information coming out. And so I'll be honest, I really did hope that there was a way that Mark Emmert could say something to the effect of, we are postponing the NCAA tournament, 
understanding that there is a very real possibility that it will not get played. Leave it open-ended. You don't have to cancel it. Now, I understand there are logistical issues. You have to find venues. You got to figure out, by the way, like, are these guys that are going to go to the NBA draft, you know, the the Nico Mannions and the the Vernon Carries and the Tyrese Maxis, like, are they even going to want to play in a month? Um, you know, are we going to be able to play in a month? What happens to teams that have literally been split up for a month because all these schools are not in session right now or they're not in session certainly on campus, so it's not as though these teams are practicing. So I understand there was a lot of logistical hurdles to get through. I would have loved for him, though, to say something to the effect of, man, you know, like, like, like I said, just like we are postponing the NCAA tournament indefinitely with the very real possibility that – um, that this that this thing will not be played. And we will have further information for you as more information develops. He didn't do that. And unfortunately, and this is, this is why I'm doing this podcast today, it's because the NCAA tournament was canceled. And listen, um, you know, I think that my emotions with this are very similar to all of your emotions to this. I just feel awful. And I, it was just a total gut punch um, and I talked to a bunch of coaches, a bunch of different places, uh, and it hurts, man. It really hurts. And, and, and let, to, to backtrack, I will also say, I'll give credit to somebody, I thought Jeff Goodman uh, uh, from Stadium Sports had a very good idea, which was to still run the selection show, still allow a bracket to go up, and still allow those teams that earn the right to be in that field of 68 to have that moment. Obviously, unfortunately, it did not happen that way. It does not appear that it will happen that way. Um, and it's just so disappointing. And, and when I think about the disappointment, I think about it from a number of different perspectives. I think you can look at it, and again, to be abundantly clear, health and safety first, right? Health and safety first, no doubt about it. There's no, you can't play these games under the current climate. I don't know where we'll be three weeks from now. I don't know where we'll be six weeks from now. I don't know where we'll be six months from now. Again, I've read and studied and listened to a lot, and this thing could take a while where it might not be able to be played in two months. It might not be able to be May Madness instead of March Madness. I do wish he had left it open, but I do feel bad for so many people around college basketball. I really, I really truly do, and that was the thing. It was a gut punch to me. It was a gut punch to so many people who love this sport and who are part of this sport. I'll be honest. Think about all the people it affected. Think about all the the lives that were changed with this decision today. And again, I'm not criticizing Mark Emmert. I know he was put in a tough situation. I do wish he handled it a little bit differently. But think about all the people that were impacted. There were, of course, the obvious ones, the mid-major players, right? Like the mid-major players that, and there's hundreds of them. It's not just one or two or five kids. The vast majority of the players that are going to play in the NCAA tournament will never play in the NBA. And it's so funny that we always do this in college basketball. We always spend so much of our time focusing on, um, you know, the, the, the five stars and the guys that are going to be in the NBA and the guys that are going to make millions. And I understand. You got to talk about the best teams, the best players, the best programs. But there's a lot of kids at Belmont and there's a lot of kids at Hofstra and there's a lot of kids at a lot of places that are not going to have that one shining moment. I know it's cliche to say, but it's true. You know, Hofstra hadn't been to the tournament since 2001. Um, I know Belmont just got last year, got in last year, but it's not as though um, you know they have a bunch of guys that are going to play in the NBA. Um, North Dakota State got the automatic bid 
uh, from their conference. I, they're not going to have many, te- you know, they're not going to have any guys play in the NBA, and this was going to be uh, the moment that they had. Um, I feel bad for those kids so much. I feel bad also for the teams that really felt like they were either on the bubble or they could make a run. We have a lot of Arkansas fans who listen to this show. I know it probably wasn't likely, but I think Arkansas fans in the back of their head thought, man, we, we, we got a squad now. I'm not saying it will happen, but we got a squad that with the right matchups and the, the right shots fall down, we could make the NCAA tournament now. Texas A&M, I know for a fact there are people behind the walls in College Station, Texas A&M, that were saying we are red hot right now, and man, if we get the right matchups in the SEC tournament, we can win this thing. We can get an automatic bid in Buzz Williams' first year. So I feel bad for those teams on top of the mid-majors. I feel bad, obviously, for the seniors, for, for Miles Powell and Marcus Howard and Dev, not Devon Dodson, Cassius Winston. I mean, these are guys that have given so much to this sport. And in an era where we criticize kids for wanting to stay in college, wanting to be in college, a Cassius Winston has been such a good ambassador for this sport. A Miles Powell is everything that's great about college basketball. Growing up in front of our eyes, from a role player to a star to a superstar national player of the year candidate, Adoka Azabuke, same deal at Kentucky, at Kansas. Um, and I hope, and I don't know if there's any possibility that it could happen, but I do hope the, the NCAA would allow those guys to get a fifth year, would allow any fourth-year senior that's playing college athletics uh, to have the opportunity to come back, not just for basketball players, but also for you know baseball players and softball players and golfers and tennis players. I don't know how realistic it is, but I certainly hope that if that is a possibility that it does happen. So I feel bad for those guys. You know who I feel bad for a lot? How about like a Gonzaga? I know a lot of you guys hate when I talk about Gonzaga, but this was their best shot to win a national championship in you know the history of the program. And I think they'll be back on the national stage, but you just never really know, you know? And so what happens with Gonzaga? What if they never get back? This was Mark Few's moment to have the opportunity to potentially win a national championship and silence all the doubters. And you could say it's a down year in college basketball and Gonzaga still isn't good, but guess what? The record books would have always shown Gonzaga was a national champion. San Diego State, Baylor, we're talking about Dayton, the best teams in program history. Dayton, this was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for this school. You have the National Player of the Year on your campus as a redshirt sophomore. That's The, the stars are never going to align for Dayton like that again. I feel terrible for them. You know who else I feel terrible for? Even the Blue Bloods. Listen, Tom Izzo said definitively how important a second national championship was to him last year. When they got to the Final Four, he said, listen, there's a lot of guys that have won one of these things. There aren't very many that have won two. And if you win two, it puts you in a different class. Same with John Calipari. John Calipari, like, like the only criticism of John Calipari is, well, <laughs> he should be winning more with that talent. Well, he had a team that had a chance to do it this year. And you win that second national championship, there's really not much anybody can say to you, period, end of story, point blank. So I feel bad for all those people, the mid-majors, the seniors, the teams that were on the bubble that had a chance to play their way in, the good programs, the Gonzagas and San Diego States, the Daytons, the Michigan States, the Kentuckys. But you know what I really honestly feel worst about? I feel worst about the fact that 
all of these guys that have come together that, as I mentioned on the last episode when we were talking about Ashton Hagens, they come together in June. They're together every day, basically, for nine months and for it to just end the way that it ended. And I know that every season ends and, and it's always sudden. It's in the NCAA tournament. But at least you get closure. At least you know, listen, we, we just weren't good enough. Now, now, maybe we had the chance to win. Maybe we had the talent to win, but we weren't good enough. Seton Hall is never going to know that. Kentucky is never going to know that. Michigan State is never going to know that. Dayton is never going to know that. Baylor is never going to know that. And they're never going to have the opportunity to get that back. I feel awful about that, man. I feel terrible. That's the part that eats me up, is that these guys spend nine months together, and now it's just over. And it's not like it's usually over, where you go back to campus, and you know you still get to see the guys, and you still get to be around the guys. Now, keep in mind, all these campuses are shut down. If there's even class, it's all online. These guys aren't going back to campus. There's a chance some of these guys, frankly, probably will never get back to campus, uh, at least in the next couple months as they now transition to the NBA draft. I'll say this too. I hadn't really thought about it uh, from this perspective until John Calipari brought it about, but with the NBA basically being shut down, I feel bad for these kids that are going to get ready for the NBA draft. How do you know what the process is? How do you know what you should be doing at what point or when the draft even will be. How do we even know there will be a draft or that it will be in June or that you should be working out? Or who knows if you'll even be able to work out based on the current situation. And so I feel bad for so many different people on so many different levels in so many different ways. Um, and it's just such a bummer, man. It's just such a bummer because for all the flaws that this sport has, it has one of the great postseasons. And I'm not saying that every time we figure out who the best is, but there's a nice conclusion where everybody's happy and where everybody knows, okay, this team in that year was the one that won it, and now we'll never know that. And that's so, like, that for me is the craziest part. We're now 12 hours from the original announcement, and I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around the idea that there's, not only that there's no NCAA tournament, that there's no closure, right? Like, like I don't want to be like, do like the bad radio guy analogy, but like, in life, you just want closure. You break up with somebody, you want closure. You have a, a bad day at work, you get fired, you want closure. You want to know why it happened, how it happened. And this is just like, it's just over, man. It's just over. And so it's so disappointing. It's such a bummer. And again, I understand that there are bigger issues at play, that there are people's health at play, and that ultimately that is what matters. But it still does stink, man. It still does stink. And I can't get over Miles Powell at Seton Hall. I can't get over Dayton and their fans really like, like Dayton was going to make the Final Four. Like if I had to project who was going to win the national championship, Dayton was going to be in my top five teams. Now I was a little out on San Diego State, but I was in on Dayton. And they're never going to have that chance again. Listen, it's one thing if you're a Kentucky fan, if you're a Michigan State fan, if you're a Kansas fan. Yeah, it sucks, but like, man... At least you know you're going to be back there sometime soon. Dayton may never get back there. San Diego State may never get back there. Baylor may never get back there. So that's it, man. That's it. It, it was just such a disappointing day. It was such a sad day. Uh, and it was such a surreal day. And like I said, the bottom line is very simply um, that it is what it is, health first, um, and you can only control what you can control. And I should say, too, and I will say, in the grand scheme of things, 
Um, it could be worse than losing a basketball tournament, right? You know, I mean, first of all, there are obviously people that are ill. There, there are people that have passed away. So I don't want to be unsympathetic to them. And I'll tell you, being in Las Vegas these past couple days, I think it hit me how hard this issue is going to hit the economy. I mean, I was walking around Las Vegas and it was crazy because there was a big um, uh, expo in town. It was called Connex, which is a construction expo. And you got a bunch of construction guys running around, spending money, drinking beer like real men do. But man, like I know a lot of bartenders in that city. I know, you know, I was down at Legacy's. I was talking to those guys and they know what's coming. That city is really going to struggle because these events are canceled, uh, bars are going to be empty, hotels are going to be empty, and people's livelihoods are going to be at stake. And so if I have one closing message, it'd be very simply this, you know, best of luck to all of you. Now, listen, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back, you know, but, but I just want to say in conclusion, on top of the NCAA tournament stuff, best of luck to all of you. Because I know that we got some people that, that, that are college kids that work part-time that need the money. I know we got people that are you know, waiters and bartenders and things like that that are going to be affected by this. Um, everybody's going to be affected in some way, shape, or form. And so, I, you know, I wish everybody listening the best of luck because I think these are going to be an uncertain couple weeks, not just in the sports world, but in the larger community as a whole. And then my final message, which has nothing to do with college basketball, a little bit to do with college basketball, but not much. And what I would finally say is this, is one, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you listening to this special edition of the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Um, I appreciate you kind of just letting me talk out how bummed I am that there's no NCAA tournament. But what I would also say is, is something that my buddy Colin Cowherd sent on his show today, and that's that as we continue to progress through this coronavirus, and it is a very serious thing, um, you know, just be really careful where you get your info from. And you don't need me to lecture you. But the one thing I tried to do on the last episode to bring it full circle to what I was talking about at the beginning is I try not to freak everybody out and create hysteria just by sharing what everybody else is sharing. I try to look up the facts. I try to look up the data. I try to use credible sources. Um, I try not to get my information off Twitter. I try not to get it off Facebook. Um, and I hope you guys will do the same. And what I would say is be very careful where you get information from. If I can give a couple pieces of advice, um, the CDC website, cdc.org, um, is where I get most of my information. They have up-to-the-minute details on this virus. Um, Joe Rogan had a health expert. I don't generally recommend other podcasts, but he had like literally one of the leading uh, disease control experts on his show, and I learned a ton from listening to that. So just be careful where you get your information from. And what I would tell you kind of in conclusion is very simply this, is that um, it's a very serious issue. It affected us in the sports world. It's going to affect the larger society as a whole. And all I would really say is, like I said, just be careful where you get your information. There is some good information out there in terms of positives on this thing. Um, according to the CDC website, cdc.gov, as I record this, there are still only 36 deaths in the United States. Now, listen, 36 is 36 too many, obviously, but relatively speaking, um, you know, that's, that's frankly not a terrible number. And it's because of the pre preventions that are being made. It's because we're not putting large groups of people together in one space. And it's because we are trying to protect ourselves and each other, um, you know, from spreading this disease. But, but only 36 people, as I record this uh, podcast, have passed away from this illness. At the same time, the illness does not seem to be affecting children. It was actually a very interesting piece from the Joe Rogan podcast where they were saying 
a large part of the reason that schools have not been shut down at the rate that you would think, although I know more and more schools are being shut down, is because kids, while they uh, get the illness, um, they, they, their, their bodies respond well to it. And this disease expert, and this is not me making stuff up, this is directly from Joe Rogan's podcast, basically said, like, look, the nursing industry is mostly women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. And women in their 30s, 40s, and 50s have small children. And if you take kids out of school, it might impact a, 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 a person's ability to go into work as a nurse. And so that's a lot of the reason why schools haven't been canceled. And so I'm not trying to give you too much information, but I'm just trying to give you facts that I have found interesting because I think it's so important to note um, what is fact from fiction. I'll also tell you this, according to the World Health Organization, found this article, you can Google it, 80% of people who do get coronavirus have mild symptoms. And I think that's a great sign, right? And that's why, by the way, that I said that there are certainly, I'm almost positive, players in college basketball right now that do have coronavirus that just don't know um, because the symptoms aren't bad enough for them to get tested. Now, maybe all these kids will end up getting tested now because of the severity of it, but there's probably a lot that had it over the last couple weeks and worked it through their system. I'll be perfectly honest. There's probably people listening to the show that have been exposed to it. I'll be honest, 100% full disclosure. It was something that I had to come to grips with on the drive back from Las Vegas. There's a very good chance that I was exposed to it in Las Vegas. I mean, I was walking through casinos, thousands of people all around me. I mean, it is very realistic that based on the contagion rate, based on the way that this travels, that I was exposed to it as well. But all you can do is protect yourselves. If you don't have to work from, you know, if you can work from home, do it. Obviously, you know, follow whatever your boss says. But, um, you know, take all the proper precautions. Do what everybody says. Wipe, wash, all that stuff. You know, wash your hands for 20 seconds. If you don't have to go into the office and you can work from home, work from home. Uh, make sure you drink plenty of fluids. Make sure you sleep well. Uh, that was the very interesting thing from the Joe Rogan interview was basically this guy said, look, you got to fight this thing off like you would a common cold which is you sleep well, you try to eat well, you try to limit your alcohol intake, and you basically just have to do those things. And so I hope that helps. I'm not trying to lecture you. I'm not trying to pretend that I'm smarter than you. But what I am trying to tell you is if I have one piece of advice, it is not to believe everything you see on Twitter. Don't believe everything you see on Facebook. Educate yourself. Educate your families. Educate your children um, because this is so important. And, you know, that that is one thing about this job and what I do that I take very seriously. When something like this happens, when something serious happens, I want to give you guys facts so you guys have a better understanding of the broader scope of all this. I hope I've done that today, and I hope I've done it in a way that we talked a little college basketball in the process, but um, I do think that's it for today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Uh, it was a somber show. It was just a total buzzkill, um, but again, it's the health and the safety of the players, which is most important. And I appreciate you guys giving me this platform and this half hour to kind of talk it out with you. Um, listen, I plan on still doing this show twice a week. I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about. I don't know if I'm going to talk, bring on Nick Coffee just to talk gibberish a couple times a week. I have no idea how I'm going to keep this thing going, but I still plan on doing this twice a week uh, based on stuff that comes out and all that. So I appreciate you guys listening. If you're not subscribed, I guess now's a good time to subscribe. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but subscribe. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure to, to subscribe. 
Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Give us a quick five stars. Man, I am so, like, I'm still wrapping my head around the idea. I have no more college basketball picks to give out this year. I have no more uh, Instagram stories, no more games. It went from a million games a day and not being able to keep up to nothing. And so it's such a bummer, but I get it. And, and I've gone over it. I won't do it again. So make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show. Follow me on Instagram, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com as we hit the off season. I do think one thing I'm going to do is probably try to start projecting out to what next season is going to look like. I'll probably have a way too early top 25 out at some point next week. Um, and if you have any questions about next season, players you think that are going to come and go, how all this draft process works, let me know, uh, and I'll do the best to get you answers that I can. Um, but that's all for today's show. Make sure you're following on Instagram. Uh, but thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Oh, last thing. If you need something to cheer you up, because this is all depressing, go download the Bill Walton podcast. It was awesome. Bill Walton was incredible. So uh, thank you guys for listening. That's all for today's show. And I'm going to say it because we got to keep things positive around here. Shout out to my boy, Torrent Craig, the Australian legend. Shout out to Rachel, who hates my voice. Uh, and I plan on being back Monday. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'll be back Monday. I appreciate your guys' time, and we will talk soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.